This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome to The Gospel for Life. It's always good to be with you. We have most of the regular crew, I, Jonathan and Ryan are here with me. I'm Russ Herman, and but Vinny is gone, but Matt Masevich? Masevich. 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 Uh, tried, tried, tried. I knew I was going to blow it, and I did. Masevich is here. He is the pastor at Sovereign Grace Fellowship in Nampa, and Matt, it is so good to have you with us. It's and good to be back. Thank you. Matt has been with us in the past, and so... For those that have been listening in the recent weeks, we have been working through Ken Sandy's book, The Peacemaker. The sad reality is all of us are going to deal with issues and conflicts, um, brokenness in relationships. And so our hope is that as we go through some of the principles from his book, that we are giving you some tools in your toolbox so that when those moments come, that you can respond in a God-honoring, God-pleasing way um, that minimize the damage that can occur in those moments. And if you remember, Ken Sandy structures his book around four Gs. We've worked through the first two, glorify God and get the log out of your eye. For the next several shows, we're going to work on the third G, which is gently restore, and then eventually get to the fourth G of go and be reconciled. So this whole idea of gently restore, when you are in relationships and there is an issue that arises, it's not going to resolve itself. So at, at some point, and even though that is a technique that some use, avoidance. Mm-hmm. Which we've just, talked about. Which that's we have an, talked about. That's an, that's an escape and that people will use. They'll, they're either in that fight or flight mode when they're dealing with conflict, and you know, avoidance is one of those escapes from dealing with conflict. And the reality is, you can avoid, but it doesn't change the situation. No, it actually could compound the situation because oftentimes you can get into a situation where you're avoiding a conflict for a very minor issue. And then when that's not dealt with, it could kind of almost create its own storm where then another issue is compounded on top of that. And if you keep avoiding it before long, you have multiple little issues that could have been really resolved quite easily that are now a larger narrative. So, yeah, it's always good to not take that that tactic of avoiding. And when we deal with this idea of restoration, sometimes we get in our minds that the, the only way that can happen is confrontation, that you just directly go to that person and have it out. In this section on Gently Restore, Ken Sandy begins by saying, restoring means more than, than confronting. So, can you guys just give the listeners some examples of when it might not be the best to do direct confrontation, biblical examples when other techniques were used to deal with a conflict other than direct confrontation? 
well, other than direct confrontation, I suppose one could be just to absorb the offense if it doesn't rise to the level of something that needs to be confronted. It's just simply absorb it. Just ask yourself, well, is this is this something that needs to be dealt with by a confrontation? And if not, you just absorb the offense. Love covers a multitude of sins. And I think that's a good point. Um, you know, that love does cover uh, sins. You know, it will believe the best about an individual rather than believe the worst. The the whole idea of gently restoring someone, you, you think about um, Galatians 6, 1, you know, it says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you also be tempted. And what it does tell me is that I need to realize that you know, except for the grace of God, I could be in the same situation. So my judgment is going to be charitable toward that individual. And even this passage falls upon, you know, the the fruit of the Spirit that has been given. You know, so this gentleness, if you go back above, you know, we're told that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if I'm going to go in that Spirit, I'm going to go with the fruit of the spirit, mm-hmm. I'm going to go in that that attitude towards somebody, and that makes that means you know like you set it up. It's not confrontation; mm-hmm. it is actually a communication that is taking place. And there's a hard attitude as well that uh, when you think of the word confrontation, at least I do. There's a natural antagonism that's kind of contained in there. But when Jesus, as we've re- referenced before, Matthew 18, when he gives instruction for coming to people with their sin against you, it's with this mentality or this hard attitude of you know he says moreover if your brother sins against you go and tell him his fault between you and him alone if he hears you you have gained your brother or you have won your brother so there's this idea when you're coming to people who have sinned against you or you know are caught in a sinful pattern your whole hard attitude is not to beat them over the head and confront them but it's to win them and gain them back and sometimes people take the approach of I'm a blunt person. I'm a call a spade a spade type of person. And that naturally there is there is a place for that. That's sometimes an appropriate approach when dealing with somebody else. But sometimes um, that isn't the best technique. No. Um, when people say that they're brutally honest, I like to remind them that brutality is not one of the fruits of the spirit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and so what that means is sometimes when we're dealing with somebody else, you, you can be not passive aggressive, but you can be more indirect. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a place for questions. There's a place to to draw out um, the other person so that as you begin to move closer and closer to the to the heart of the of the conflict, it's not necessarily where they feel like they've been attacked. Um, that where they feel like something brutal <laughs> has occurred yeah. in, the the, pattern, in the moment. The pattern yeah. Jesus gives us even is, uh, I mean, to, to watch him interact with people, he's very direct and blunt with those who should know better. But the vast majority of time he's dealing with people, he's tender and merciful and gracious. And, That's right. And, you know, those that say, well, this is just who I am. I'm, I'm a blunt person. Well, by nature, we're all sinners. And mm-hmm. we don't have the excuse of saying to God, this is just who I am. And it becomes more of a pride and a sin issue in our own heart if we treat everyone in that same with that same broad brush. Yeah, you know, Ken Ken Sandy actually gave a couple examples of going to someone and kind of just changing the approach from going to them in the sense of saying you have done this, you have done that, 
and said, rather, another approach would be to say, you know, when you said these words to me, I felt like, mm. and then fill in the blank. And it, it's almost taking the, it's almost taking the focus off of them, and it's putting it back onto you on the result of what they said. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, they might not even have been aware that they've harmed you in any way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a very good approach that he uh, recommends in his book. So some of the principles of restoration, um, one of them is that eventually face-to-face. So ideally, you want to talk face-to-face with the other pe- person. Why are there some moments where that might not be um, the best option, at least initially? Anger. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that sometimes a, a printed apology that is fulsome, you know, or a printed you know, message can be helpful. Mm. But we have to realize that you know, communication is not 100%. And even if we are trying to do those things over the phone or, uh, you know, through an email, the best time is when you're sitting there face to face because you're actually reading the person across the room. You're reading that. You're reading yes. their body language. You know that if you've said something, you can see if it's bringing an offense even in what you're communicating. Um, and so you can you can actually level things out mm. a little bit. And it also depends on the level of the offense as well. I mean, there's um, we've talked in the past kind of the extreme levels of confrontation where there's some potential harm to one party. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to bring people face-to-face in those situations. And I've been in moments where I've had an issue with, with another party, and I didn't have a great relationship with them. We just weren't close. It's not that it was negative mm-hmm. or anything. We just didn't have much of a relationship. Where I've known a mutual friend mm-hmm. that was much closer and it just seemed wise that before I met with somebody that I wasn't overly close to, mm-hmm. to have the other person initiate the conversation to to help with the misunderstanding or the miscommunication that was there because there was more of a relationship. It's not necessarily saying, I don't want to deal with it, but I think it might help to have a, an initial conversation before we end up dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And I've been the, the third person before where – I said, you know what? Let me talk to him first. Let me mm-hmm. do some pre-groundwork in this moment so that when you guys do have the face-to-face, it will go better. Mm-hmm. And that's not not trying to hopefully pass the buck, and hopefully it's not talking out of turn. It's the idea of you want restoration, but you you don't think that the initial face-to-face will eventually go well unless there's an intermediate Stage. Well, you know what you're you're bringing out is what Paul had said. Uh, you know, in Philippians, in Philippians chapter four, he is actually talking to this church, and there's a couple of ladies in the church by the name of Eudia and Syntyche, and they are at odds with one another. And he he's saying, I entreat both those women to agree in the Lord, but I ask you as true companions to help these women. So uh, he's he's actually sending somebody to help make that arrangement possible to get the, you know to get them to sit down. We, we, you know, it's whether it's a matter of negotiating a difference or just coming to an agreement about something and having some unanimity among themselves, it's important that others come alongside. We're not always equipped to fight our own battle or mm-hmm. or defend our position or you know even be inclined to forgive unless somebody encourages us to do that 
One last principle we want to look at today before we have to, to close is when dealing with restoration, we are to also take the initiative when someone has something against us. So a lot of times we can be tempted to say, well, I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It's their problem. Now, mm-hmm. the scriptural imperative is that, no, if we we find out that someone has something against us, that we're supposed to take that initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that? How does that work? What does that look like as we interact with other people? Well, if we know we've offended someone, it is a sin that we've committed against them. And we should strive to reconcile that and seek um, you know, forgiveness and restoration. You know, when you know Jesus gives this instruction, he talks about even you know you're at the temple and you're getting ready to lay down your your offer your sacrifice, and you realize, wait a second, my brother has something against me. You're not supposed to go through with worship. You're supposed to stop what you're doing, go find your brother, reconcile with him, and then come back and worship. Right, and the, you're you're referring to Matthew chapter five there, and uh, it's dealing with you know the fact that. Anger, anger is a form of heart murder. But then it says, then it goes on to talk about, you know, you're involved in some religious activity, basically. You know, don't think that that's a replacement mm-hmm. for dealing with your with, with your brother. And go and be reconciled with him. You know, what's interesting there is doesn't say if you have a problem with your brother, go. It says if you realize he has a problem with you, mm-hmm. and so. We're always to be seeking reconciliation. You know, we've been reconciled to God through His Son. And as a result of that, we become agents of reconciliation in all of our relationships. And we will talk about this further tomorrow. We'll see you then.